Good morning. There, there's a line in that bumper video that I love that says, Jesus didn't die to make us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Uh, good, good stuff. Um, we're in this series called All In, uh, which is about being fully devoted to Jesus and, and uh, what that looks like. Um, in 1830, there was this guy named David Scott that uh, came to this area. He was the first non-Native American in this, in this region. And uh, in the three years from 1830 to 1833, he mapped out this whole area, uh, named the place after a, a governor from New York who had just died a few years earlier. The governor's name was DeWitt Clinton. And so um, when he first mapped it out, Clinton County was comprised, uh, or DeWitt Township, covered all of Clinton County, which was pretty incredible. In 1840, five, six years later, there was a group of people who were living here at that point in time that said, you know what? This community needs a church. There needs to be a light shining for Jesus in this place. And so in 1840, they planted a new church here in DeWitt called First Baptist Church of DeWitt. Um, that's, that is the predecessors of our history, that church that started in 1840, almost 180 years ago. Um, God has worked in, in some incredible ways through the years. Um, it was another 12 years before they ever had a building. They met the first 12 years in people's homes. Um, coming together as followers of Jesus. In 1929, um, there was a big fire. In 1928-29, there was a big fire in DeWitt. And the Methodist Church burnt down. And the, and the church, uh, at that point, First Baptist Church of DeWitt, um, said to the Methodists, why don't you come, not just worship with us, but why don't we just be one church together? And the Methodists said, yeah, let's do that. Um, <clears throat> after about a year, they said, you know what? We need, to, we need to just rethink this. We don't want to be just a church for Baptists, just a church for Methodists. We want to be a church for the whole community. And in 1929, um, the First Baptist Church of DeWitt changed its name to DeWitt Community Church. When I talked to friends who were in ministry, I, I said we were a community church before there was such a thing as a community church. Because uh, back then it just it really didn't happen. Um, so uh, in 2004, the name changed from DeWitt Community Church to North Point Community Church. Church, and, um, and the history of the church has been one consistently of supporting missions around the world and planting churches so that the light of Jesus could shine, not just here in DeWitt, but all around. Um, many of you know, uh, probably 10, 12, 14 years ago, uh, North Point uh, took in some missionaries, uh, a couple named Tim and Courtney Chanter, that moved to Papua New Guinea to plant a church among the Yembe Yembe people in a really remote place. Um, since that time, uh, I, you know, I, I wish I was able to, to describe kind of the whole 180-year history of how God has used this church. I don't know all that much, but I can tell you about the, what's happened in the last five years that's been a really cool thing. At Christmas in 2015, um, the, the, we took the challenge of Jesus, and, and uh, don't miss this, this whole, this whole conversation about the light of Jesus shining is a direct result of Jesus' um, admonition, Jesus' challenge to his disciples as he was getting ready to head back into heaven. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and, uh, and, and uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, even at the very ends of the earth. 
And then just right after that, Jesus said, and here's the deal, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right where you are, in Judea, the region right around that, Samaria, getting outside of your area, and even to the ends of the, of the earth. So our commitment to help plant churches, uh, if you've been around a while, you know that we, we've talked about that, about helping plant churches, helping replant churches. It's all about responding to the call that Jesus has given to us. So in 2015, at Christmas time, we took up an offering, and we helped with that offering, an offering of about $45,000 to plant a church in Ecuador in this little community called K9 that's outside of San Lorenzo, a horribly poor place where there was no church, no presence of Jesus of any kind. Kind there. Uh, and and, and uh, that happened in, in, in uh, 2015, 2016. Um, in uh, 2016, later in the year, we, we were able to, to give money to help plant Detroit Church. Sonny Smith is a pastor there. It's a, a new church that was planted in Midtown Detroit to kind of take back Detroit for Jesus. 2017, we helped plant a church in the San Francisco area, Bay City Church. Um, Mike Williams is the, a, f- a former NFL f- football player who, who is the lead planner for that church. In 2018, we were able to financially help support a, a church that had died and that was replanting called The Way Church. Scott Statson's uh, uh, preaching there. Uh, later, uh, well, early in this year, in 2019, we were able to give money to help replant a church in Clio, Michigan, a church that was closing its doors, and that's become City Church in Clio. And then just a few months ago, we were able to, to make a contribution to help plant a church in Griffin, Georgia, called City Church. Um, all of that has happened because we're committed to the light of Jesus shining in places bigger than just here in DeWitt. It's, it's, it's having a mindset about the kingdom, about responding to Jesus' call uh, to us. Your giving each week helps impact the world for Jesus. It helps grow the kingdom in an incredibly cool way. Now, uh, for a lot of people, it's like, why are we planting churches? Why are we replanting churches? Don't we have needs here, right here, you know, stuff that we could be doing? Let me give you four reasons why we're, we're uh, at a leadership level committed and convinced that we need to be involved in planting churches. The first is this, that uh, planting churches follows a biblical model. When you read the book of Acts, what happened? Paul traveled, Paul and Silas, Paul... Uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas, they traveled and they made disciples, but they didn't just leave individual Christians. They planted churches where they went so that there would be a light shining for Jesus in that area. Um, statistically, when you, when you do studies, uh, and they do lots of studies of churches, people who are far from Christ come to Christ more easily in new churches or in greater numbers in new churches than in existing churches. Um, New churches gain 60 to 80% of their growth from people who didn't have any prior um, commitment to church, any, any relationship with Jesus. 60 to 80% of their growth comes from, from people who are far from God. That's incredibly cool, and it's, it's incredibly um, challenging to me as a leader to recognize that in an established church like North Point, about 80% of the new people that we get come from other churches. Um, we, we, new churches reach lost people more effectively than established churches. Um, one of the reasons why I believe in planting churches is because to plant churches successfully means that we've got to depend on God and pray like crazy. 
Um, if, if you think about a startup business, you think about anything that comes from scratch, you can't just simply do it by sheer will. God's got to be in it. And it drives us, it drives the church planner to pray and pray and pray that God would lead, uh, lead people to him through that new church, depend on him. Um, one of the other reasons why I'm so committed to planning churches is because it gives us a kingdom mindset. It's easy for us to think about ourselves and to be worried about our comfort, our stuff, our location, our building, our facility, all that kind of stuff. Our, the, all the stuff that happens within us. But when we are involved in helping plant churches, we see a bigger picture of what God's doing and, and can be involved in that. It helps, uh, it's help, it helps us self-examine how we're spending our time, how we're spending our money, so that people who don't know Jesus can come to know him. Uh, there's another church that we've helped just in the last couple of years um, that we've helped plant, that we've partnered uh, with some good friends. Uh, I want to introduce to you two people who are very important to what, what is the story of God here at North Point, Herb and Kim Burkett. And I would like for them to come on stage at this point in time, and would you welcome them? About 30 years ago, 30 years ago, Herb and Kim moved to DeWitt. And uh, at that point in time, this was the DeWitt Community Church. And they came as a young couple, very young, right? Uh, come come on still, up here. We're still young couple. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, uh, they came as a young couple with no kids and were just a part of the church here. They were involved in uh, teaching classes, doing all kinds of stuff. And... Uh, and then you had kids here. What, Herb, what, what was your job at that point in time? I was working for the state of Michigan, and I had a job, job offer here. That's what moved us down here. So, uh, in the Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you were from the sticks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. And you moved to the big city of DeWitt. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And Kim, uh, did, did, were you working then too? I was. I, I was a dietitian at what was called Rivendell up in St. John's. And worked there until our first son was born. And then you started having babies. Yeah. And you had uh, four. four kids. Four kids. And so you fast forward, you're part of the church, involved, um, you know, really following Jesus, uh, seeing what that looks like. And about 10 years later, mm-hmm. uh, you had a sense that God had something else in store. Yeah. Uh, we had a missions conference here. And during that missions conference, we felt... Kim and I both felt God was changing our hearts on something was changing in the future. And uh, so we just prayed about that. And then later in August, we had um, a missionary come and speak. And I went home after church and I said to Kim as she was making the meal, and I said, Kim, what do you think about being a missionary overseas? And she said, sure. And I said, okay, let's do it. And uh, I really... I didn't know if he was serious or not, but when I found out that, yes, he really was serious, I'm like, going, um, you have the kids, and I started walking around our property, saying, Lord, what are, what are, we're just people. We're just, we're, 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 what are you doing? There's that, that family, with that, we, we didn't know what was going on, and yet... God just really did impress that on our heart to be obedient and step out in faith. And there's another little backstory in that, um, isn't there? In that sense of call that you had at the missions conference, you didn't really want to go to the conference, did you? (laughs) Kim didn't. I I did. (laughs) Well, it was it was in February, 
1999, which is like 100 years ago, right? And our, ch- our youngest son was probably two, and there was a huge snowstorm. And it wasn't just a, I don't know, those of you who are here, if you remember, it was a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. So I mean, it was a whole weekend thing, and we were part of the missions committee. And it's like, I don't want to go to the missions conference. Well, we're part of the committee. We have to go, you know, and, and God just really used that. Mm-hmm. In unlikely places and times. That's right. So, so ultimately, you said yes, mm-hmm. um, and you ended up in Ukraine yep. and going through language school and learning two—not one, but two mm-hmm. very difficult languages. Yeah. So we learned Russian and Ukrainian. So, um, so that I guess makes you trilingual, right? <laughs> or crazy? Or crazy? Yeah. Crazy? Multilingual? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so, what'd you do once? Uh, once well, you after language to... school. Um, let me see if we can get to it. We actually went to Lutz, which is in western Ukraine, and there we met uh, with some people and started a church there. And we actually had people meeting in our living room, 13 different people, and we just started the church plant. And over the years, 15 years, it's grown to 180 people. And uh, we had three purposes when we, were, when we started the church. Three goals. Um, first was to grow spiritually and physically. So grow in numbers and grow spiritually. Um, the second goal was... The second thing that we thought was very important, and actually, Rick, you've already alluded to that, is the fact of being reproducing. Uh, we really wanted to work with the people at the church and help the church get an idea that they're not just of themselves, but to help start planning other churches. And in fact, in the two years that... Um, We've been at Golgotha. Golgotha has been instrumental in starting two new churches, and currently they're going to a village just outside of Lutz to start a church where there is no church. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, tying into the third part... Yeah, the third part is uh, missions. And so the third part is that we want to send missionaries to other parts of the world. And we'll share about that a little bit later here. Um, well, why don't you flip over? Okay. Yep. Because... Okay. I'm sorry. Yep, go ahead. I'm thinking of something else that's coming up in a couple of slides, but in celebrating 15 words or 15 years, the church had this was our banner, Tzerkav de la Svieto, which is the church for the whole world. Part of that was because Golgotha Church was sending out short-term teams, similar to what you guys are doing, sending out short-term teams to other countries. But one of the things that we're most excited about is meeting a couple that. Their story is very similar to our story. Mm-hmm. And this is Vitalik and Ira. They are serving in Brazil as full-time missionaries. And what do you think they're, going to do? they're doing? Starting a church in an area where there is no church. And so you see that reproducing. So, so just big picture perspective. 30 years ago, you're just a regular folks part of the church we still are yeah uh, <laughs> okay. but we're just regular uh, well, I, the perception is different you guys are missionaries to Ukraine. No, that's got to be we're crazy. just regular people but god used you to help mm-hmm. plant a church that is helping plant churches mm-hmm. that one church is now three churches with a fourth church beginning in mm-hmm. ukraine yeah. and um and then having a worldwide impact that's that's very cool so mm-hmm. why in the world uh, 180 people that's a healthy church you can you could just kind of sit back and 
that's what guide we, the ship. That's what we were saying three years ago when we were here. It's like, okay, God, what's the next step? Where are we going? And so God actually moved us to a city south of Lutz. Uh, it's in Lviv. And so it's about two hours away. This is the city of the there, there. It's a, it's a, a um, Eastern European city, and it's just great to see the, uh, the architect there. It's been through the wars, but uh, the cobblestones are still there, the buildings are still there, and uh, it's gave us a new opportunity of sharing the gospel there. And uh, through here, it's, it says here, Lviv is um, open to the world. And uh, that's what we see. Uh, Lviv is open to the world. We see a lot of opportunities there. It's a three three quarters of a million people living there. And then when the students come in, they add some more in the fall. And then when the students leave, we have tourists come into the city. And it's a big, a big tourist city, um, too. And I'll just say this, having been to visit Herb and Kim last year, if you're like worldwide travelers and want a place to go, Lviv is an incredibly cool city. And, um, and the encouragement that comes in uh, seeing Herb and Kim there and, and what God's doing there is really cool. So, so you moved to Lviv, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and what are you doing there? Well, this is actually, you want to explain about our, where we live or not? Okay. okay. I mean, we That's, can. Oh. Um, one of the things you have to realize is when we lived in Lutz, we had a huge house, and God used that house in ways that is just incredible. Um, but it meant that when we moved from Lutz to Lviv, we're not going to live in a big house. Part of that is because we wanted to be close to the church plant, and we wanted to be close to the seminary where, where God has called us to serve. And so we found an apartment in, I don't know, 1,000 square feet. Is that right? Yeah. It's 100 square meters. But um, we are right in the middle, close to the center of the city, so we can walk to the center but um, what's exciting is we're like right in the middle of where our church plant is in the seminary and where the new site for the seminary. So 10 minutes one way walking, 8 minutes the other way walking. And God, we didn't plan that, but God did. God did, yeah. Because right there we can serve students, serve the people in the church, and open our home, which has been a real pleasure. So we're actually doing uh, two different things. One is working with the uh, Ukrainian Bible Church. And then we're also working with Ukrainian uh, uh, seminary there. And uh, we'll just go into a little bit about the Ukrainian Bible Church. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so we started out with a group of people. Everybody uh, in the group but one uh, was from Lviv. All the rest of the people were from other parts of Ukraine, representing 11 different regions uh, of Ukraine. And it's just been a blessing of seeing how these people have came together and how we've communicated, how we've worked through things, um, trying to get a focus on the church of where we want to go. They, they have a passion of sharing the gospel um, with different areas in, in Lviv. And so we have a lot of opportunities there. Um, the interesting thing I know you'll maybe ask, or you did ask us about in the first service, is the, the, the makeup of the church. Um, we went to a um, planning meeting, and so they lined us up and said, okay, let's do it by sh- shoe size, and so we did it, did it that way, and then, of course, we did it by age. And we knew which one, where we needed to stand. <laughs> so Kim and I, of course, went to the far end where the older people are, and yes, we are the oldest in the church, but uh, the interesting thing... He's the oldest. <laughs> let's get this straight. Okay, I'm the oldest. <laughs> but the interesting thing is you take the middle person 
and they were 23 years old. So there's a lot of people that are less than 23. And so it's been an adventure working with this new group and uh, seeing how God is working in the whole process. I, I, I want to make sure that y'all have kind of the right picture. We think missionaries, we tend to think like Chanteers in Papua New Guinea, third world kind of a place. Their, their context in Ukraine is a city. So think like it's though not as big as Chicago. Um, it's, a, it's a city kind of deal where there's lots and lots of traffic, public transportation, people walking as much. It's Europe. Um, so they're doing the European thing where they buy their groceries for tonight's meal. Uh, you know, they walk to the grocery store, little mom and pop shop, get the stuff, go home and, and fix things. There's not like Walmart. There's not like Meyer. It's just <laughs> not there at all. It's a, but it's this old European city that, that it just has an incredible amount of charm and lots of people. And um, with the young people, is it, are they um, radically different than, uh, than like millennial generation here in the U.S.? I would say no. I mean, they, they are really, um, they're wanting to, it, it's really interesting. When we planted our first church, there was the one pastor who would cast the vision, and that's where we're going to go. In this situation, it's we're going to decide as a group. So we have, you know, and it's exciting. It's exciting, but it's also very challenging. And um, it, the excitement that we have is just seeing their passion. Um, at 21, 22, 23 years old, I'm not sure that I had a whole lot of that passion that, that they're having. And to see that they are committed to, to share the gospel. And in fact, um, just last, well, in, in April, we celebrated our first year. And I know we forgot to show the video. I'm not sure if you want oh, to yeah. show the video. So, thank you. Yeah. It's a first year, I mean, we celebrated our first year. And this video is just a small clip of just the different ways that we have planned together, prayed together, played together, yes, but just really come before the Lord. And I, you know, to be that, um, it, it has pushed us to our knees, asking God's guidance and direction. Yeah. So could you play the video, please? This is actually where we had our first service at one of the hotels. In the center of the city um, for, the, for our service. Celebrating camp at the Carpati in the mountains. And it's really... A wonderful time of getting to know people and just to share, um, share lives, share visions, share goals, and to come together as a community. And of course, to play. things that we find in the city of Lviv, even as the people tend to be very religious, as you look at the skies scene or look around, there are many uh, Greek Catholic churches or Orthodox churches, 
But in actuality, less than 2% of the people understand that salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. Many believe in a religion, but not a relationship. And so that is our goal, is to reach out to these people. Very cool. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead and clap. That's good. Um, oh. uh, Again, just trying to help paint the picture in your your mind, because the church is so young and because technology exists, um, it makes the world incredibly small. Um, So stuff that's written in the U.S. can be translated to Ukrainian really quickly. And so one of the things that impressed me was we were singing songs there that had been translated already uh, that we sing here. Uh, when we were there last summer, the, the, the um, interaction that can happen worldwide because of technology is just incredible. Um, talk some about the seminary. Okay. Well, I, oh, I would just like ahead. to talk yeah. about our, just one more thing about yep. our, the family. The, Kim and I have a passion for family. And yeah. so we've had family ministry within our church. They've since we're the oldest and they want us to work with families within the church. We have, uh, just talking to Pasha, our, our head pastor now, um, there's 13 or 15 families now in the church, and so it's even grown since we've left, and uh, so we're really happy about that. The other thing is um, Kim and I had the opportunity of working with three couples and uh, bringing them through uh, premarital counseling, and it's just been a blessing, and all three couples said, okay, when you guys come back, we all want to get together again and uh, do some more uh, training. So So. you're not the pastor of the church there? I'm not the pastor of the church. We help out uh, in leadership roles, and we do have certain things like family ministry and we'll also be involved with missions in our church of promoting that too so but then also working with the leadership team all right so great so we'll talk about the seminary yeah Um, one of the things that herb has already mentioned um you know yes there is an aspect of being involved with the new church plant but also we've been asked to serve at the seminary i serve in with the women's ministry and together we serve in the international missions program but i think it's really unique with some of the values core values you can see up there being biblical missional and responsible being biblical in the fact that the god's word is the foundation of all that we do to love God, love others, to take, you know, to be able to love those people around me. But in doing that, we need to be missional, to go out, be intentional, to go out, just like you guys are doing, being intentional, going outside of these walls, going outside of DeWitt, going into your communities, and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with those people who do not know. But the third one, the word that I'm not sure that any of us think is like, being responsible. And am I going to do what I say I'm going to do? And that's where Herb and I come in in our role, not only at the church plant, but also at the seminary as we are mentoring the students, coming along and helping them develop the ministries that they're either taking to their home church or serving in a global capacity and helping them take responsibility. One of, the, one of the things that's really cool about the seminary that, again, I want to I help you understand is they have a different model of education that works in Ukraine than from the U.S. We think seminary, we think you go, enroll, you start classes in September, you go to December, have a break, go through that process. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk yeah. about what that is. So what it is is there's different uh, groups of people that come in there for different sessions, but um, they come in for six times a year for one week, um, but during that um, one week, it's just not classes. So before they come, they have pre-work. So they have homework that they're doing, things that they need to read, so they can get prepared to discuss that in the classroom. So they do that work before, 
Then they have the classroom work of being there. Sometimes they take tests at that time or quizzes. And then they have post work that needs to be done. So it's a whole process that takes uh, several months. And then they also do one session online, which is uh, their seventh course that they have every, every year. So, so. so they're not full-time students in the, in the sense that we think of. They're all people who have jobs. That That's are, right. They're yep. out working. Yep. Yep. And so they're doing, they're, but they're doing their schoolwork sometimes at night after, afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. Some, of the, some of the students, if, if you know the, um, the map of Ukraine, they're coming from the far eastern part. Kharkiv is the furthest away, and we don't have a map up there. But that means two days of travel between you know, untrained, getting to the seminary, some of them are leaving jobs. Some of them have quit jobs so that they can study at the seminary because their job, their, their supervisor is not allowing them to come to study. And they're like, oh, no, we want to study. Um, and so there's a lot of sacrifice that they have yeah. in coming. Yeah. Um, but one of the things, I, I just, if, if I can share yeah, one story. It. Yep. Um, it's, one of the things that their international mission students have to do is they have to go out in practicums because there's no sense of talking about international missions if you just sit in the classroom. And so they have traveled to various different countries and right met in the middle, um, we have two young women, Tanya and Yulia, and they traveled to a country that it is illegal to talk about Jesus Christ, illegal to pass out the word of God, New Testaments, but they went with a team of people and they were canvassing the city, and their goal was to strike up conversations and just to be able to share the love of Jesus Christ. And if people were interested, to pass on a New Testament. One of the guys on the team had a bunch of New Testaments in his backpack. And like I said, they're going out by twos, canvassing the city. And um, they noticed that this young man was stopped by the police. And they just looked, and it's like, oh my goodness, we know what's going to happen if they find the Bibles. Either one, he's going to sit in prison. Or two, they're going to kick him out of the country. And so they began praying. And Tanya, when she came back, as she was sharing this, she said, I know, we were praying that the God who can open the eyes of the blind would be the God who would close the eyes of this police officer. And that is exactly what happened. The police officer unzipped the backpack, started rummaging through, found nothing, closed the backpack, returned the backpack to them, and let them go. And so just her excitement, and that is just so exciting to be a part of what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the part that we're working with the seminary, is that as they sit in classes, they learn the information. But what we do as, as mentors with the seminary, too, is that we work with, with students individually and taking that knowledge that they have, move it into their life, move it into their heart to help them to understand how can I apply this to my life. But then also taking it and say, okay, now I understand in my life, but how can I serve? How can I go out and serve my local church? How can I serve other nations? And that is where the practicum practicum practical come in and also just serving in their own local church. Um, Don't miss this. Our relationship with Herb and Kim in in supporting them and allowing them to serve in Ukraine in in that relationship that we have, their work in the seminary allows them to impact lives that can go places where Americans could never go. So the the countries in in Asia, in uh, all of the countries that have crazy names that were a part of the Soviet Union, um, Westerners can't go to, but Ukrainians can. And that's, that's a cool thing. You have that mm-hmm. picture? Yeah, could that, you, yeah. There we go. We got yeah. it there. Um, 
So the yellow right there is Ukraine, and uh, all the other countries are where um, missionaries or the students have went to serve as practicums, any fun, anything from a month to sometimes six months uh, to a year. And, uh, and so that's what we're really praising God about is just reaching out. And some of them, you might be thinking, it's like, wait a minute. I know, like, in Russia, there's churches, because we've had missionaries talk about going to Russia. What a lot is happening in missions today is we're looking at unreached people groups, meaning specific pockets of people within countries that have no idea of who Jesus Christ is. Um, like Shantir's, as they're translating Bible, the, you know, the word of God into the language of, we have people that are going into areas in Russia, into people groups that um, have not heard of Jesus Christ. We have students who are going into countries where Muslim or Islam is the main religion or Hinduism or Buddhism. Um, so again, some of them are going into Christian countries, but others are going into countries where Christianity is not welcome at all. Yeah. How, how can we pray for you guys? Hmm. Okay. Do you want to talk about that? There's, there's just a really quick slide that I'm... Um, actually, let's just go to the bottom. The, the, the four words of PB&J, um, protection. Uh, we travel a lot, but even more importantly... Pray for protection spiritually. We have an enemy that does not want the gospel to go forth. Um, boldness. Pray for boldness in our uh, the aspect of sharing Jesus Christ with others and helping students and helping other people within the church to be bold in their walk with Jesus Christ. Um, pray for us, help that God would help us to abide in him, in Christ, that we would keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. Not be busy, you know, not be so busy with his work and forget who he is, but that we would abide in him. And finally, just for unity. Unity first and foremost for Herb and I, because we, again, we know that the enemy would like nothing more than to divide us, but also unity within the church, within the, um, the ministry teams that we work with. Those are some of the key things that are any missionary, any of us can be praying for one another. So it's not just us individually, but also for our church, like Kim was saying, and then also the seminary that we're working with. It's just that unity and just all the things that go with it. Um, go to the next slide and talk yeah. about your specific The next one stuff. is just um, praise God for our uh, monthly support. We are at 100%, and it's because... People like you, the church has increased their support since we've been back uh, in the three years and other individuals too, and that's what's just kept our support up there, and we really praise God for that. We are also looking at replacing our vehicle there, uh, so we're raising funds for that. So you pray for that, and then also pray for our house in Lutz, um, where we formerly lived, that the house can be sold. We need to sell it. Yeah, we want to get rid of it. So I, I get yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the uh, So you know, uh, we support Herb and Kim as a church collectively. So with your offerings, uh, we support them about $18,000 a year. And uh, people, individuals uh, who have been a part of North, po- North Point in the past and are part of North Point um, support them as well on top of that. And so we're about 38%, so about uh, more than a third of their support comes from the body here that was planted 180 years ago. Mm-hmm. To shine a light for Jesus, which is mm-hmm. which is really really cool. Um, our um, 
our series that we're talking about right now is all in. It's, it's about this whole idea of taking seriously the call to follow Jesus no matter what, no matter what the cost is, uh, no matter where he calls us to go and to respond to him. So I, I, if you guys would just talk about what kind of sacrifice, uh, sacrifices you've made in going to serve. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been several different sacrifices that we've had over the years. Um, and, you know, as we look at it, I look at it as, those things are things that I look at as like, okay, it is a sacrifice, but God also has rewards on the other side of letting go of some of the things. Some of the things that we had, like Kim said before, you know, we lived in just north of DeWitt here. We lived in a nice house. I had a nice job. We had a great family. We had all the comforts of life, but just letting go of that and moving there. Uh, if we would have never done that, we wouldn't have the relationship that we have with the people there and how we have seen God work in their lives and also our own lives of uh, making us change and seeing how God has created us in a different way. I think one of the things I didn't think about earlier, just our whole who we are. Um, you know, when, when we're here, we can communicate, we can say what we want to say, We can make, you can understand us and... And it doesn't matter how many years we've studied the language. We, when we return, there's times where it's just like, I need to get from point A to point B. I need to be able to, to convey point A, to, you know, that whole process. And it is a, an aspect of sacrificing my self-sufficiency, mm. which is a good thing because it means I have to rely upon him. What's, uh, what kind of sacrifice has there been for your family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ten years ago, um, we lost our son, uh, Andrew. He had gotten sick, and um, medical care in Ukraine is not what... It's better today than it was then, even, um, but it's not what you would hope it to be. And um, that that is a huge sacrifice. Or even today, um, we will return in September, going back to Ukraine, and our kids are here in the States. And I know... There are many of you who have adult children, and you can say, well, my kids are scattered throughout, and that is true. But that truly is still one of the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Um, What have you gained (laughs) by saying yes to Jesus and going all in? Oh, man, it just goes endless. Um, You know, it's just great seeing a church that started 15 years ago in our living room, and uh, they're, they're... having more and more people come to Christ, you know, and seeing the church grow, uh, having the church see it grow, that they want to plant churches in other places, that places that we haven't even gone ourselves, but they're looking at planting churches and uh, just seeing the blessings, seeing people spiritually grow is the other thing. Um, seeing Vitalik and Ira in Brazil, you know, we talk to them on a regular basis and just hearing their story and what's happening there and how their small, small group is growing. You know, it's, it's just all that excitement that we have all those things there. But then also with our new church plant that we're with, you know, seeing how leadership has moved around, how Pasha has taken over the leadership there. Um, and seeing people come to Christ, two people being baptized uh, this last year. We have six going to be baptized at the end of this month. Um, and just, you know, how people are coming to Christ in that aspect. So um, it and just I goes would, on in the seminary, too. But go ahead. <laughs> I could share I all the time, <laughs> all the day. One of the things 
that I'm most thankful for is seeing God's hand at work. Mm. Um, not only outside, but seeing his hand at work at my, in my life. And how Job responded, you know, once I, I had heard about this God, but now I have seen. And just to be able to see his faithfulness in so many different areas. And I'll just say this about my wife. Uh, it's amazing to see her teach with the women. Um, before we left, um, the ladies all came over from the church. And um, just there's like 27 ladies there. And how she would just do some teaching with them. And there's just how they glommed on to what she was saying. And just it's amazing seeing that too. So we've changed over the years and how God has used us too. More of your heart in the U.S. or more of your heart in Ukraine? That's not a fair question. (laughs) (laughs) Today, my heart's here. Mid-September, it'll be in Ukraine, okay? Um, You know, I think the the key there sometimes is where's the heart the most? Um, I think sometimes it's almost in heaven um, because this is just a temporary place. Um, You know, we have benefits here. We have benefits there. but really where we're going is, is in heaven, and that's, that's where Sweet. our connection is. We want, we want to uh, just spend some time praying for them. So Herb and Kim, if you'd come down to the floor, I, I want to invite anybody who would to just come down and lay your hands on Herb and Kim as we pray for them. Uh, there's not anything magic in that, but there's something really cool in just demonstrating uh, phys- through physical touch um, God's channeling his power, his presence to them, uh, and the, the work that we're doing. Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for Herb and Kim, for, um, for the way that you called them years ago to come to DeWitt to take jobs, regular jobs, and that in being here, God, you called them to a work outside of here that the light of Jesus would grow in Ukraine and around the world. Um, God, we do pray for their protection. We ask that, that you would watch over them, that as they travel, as they speak, as they encourage, that you would guide them. God, give them just tremendous amounts of wisdom. Help them not to rest on what they know now, but to just keep seeking you and, the, and to be able to give um, answers, to give guidance from your word that can help the, this new church grow, that can help um, these the, uh, young people who have the ability to impact the world grow as they apply their um, classes that they get at the seminary. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters at, the, at Golgotha Church in, in, um, in, uh, in Lutsk. And we pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukrainian Bible Church, even this morning as they meet. Bless them, God. Um, open up opportunities for them to speak about Jesus and to, for them to introduce people to Jesus in a way that they've never known him before. God, may um, eternity be different because of the work of Herb and Kim. God, I, I, my prayer is that for all of us, that we would go all in with you, that we would say yes whenever you call, no matter what the cost, that we wouldn't have to have it all figured out, but that would just say yes one step at a time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together, let's sing.